are listening to Making Life Brighter on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, where we provide you with the latest information in natural healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities, featuring experts in their field, including authors, musicians, and artists. Making Life Brighter is your forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here is your host, Winifred Adams. Good morning, you're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and today we have very special guest, Mr. Bob Eubanks. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's nice to have you here, and I really appreciate your taking time to come out and share your life story with us. It's quite a story, isn't it? And it's ongoing yet, right? It certainly is. Yes. yes. We, you, you are a multi-dimensional, multi-faceted individual, and, <laughs> and you have many things still yet in the works that you're doing today. Tell us about some of your upcoming projects that you have. Well, uh, I do a Beatles show. I found out not too long ago that I'm my business partner and I were the only two living people to have produced a Beatle concert all three years that they toured America. So I put together a show called Backstage with the Beatles. I have a Beatle tribute band on stage with me, and I tell stories that lead up to music. You want to hear one? I do. Yes, tell us one. Okay. Uh, When the Beatles broke up, Paul McCartney was really upset, and he had lost his mother to breast cancer when he was 14. And he had a dream one night, and she came in, and she said, Paul, don't worry about it. Just let it be. Bam, music. So I've got a 90-minute show like that. Oh, wow. When, when's the show going to be? Well, our next show is going to be at the Thousand Oaks California Civic Plaza, and it's on Sunday, August the 12th, 7 p.m., and come on down, as they say in game show stuff. <laughs> you hear that, everybody? You have to go out August the 12th on Sunday in Thousand Oaks Plaza. And actually, for more information, you can go straight to Bob's website, which is bobubanks.com. Or and you can call Ticketmaster. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, Ticketmaster. That'll be a great show. I'll be there. I'll definitely be there. Right. Okay, we'll, Good. We'll invite everybody out. So you've, you started out here. You're, you're a California boy? Basically, my parents were... Uh, Born in Missouri, and during the Depression, all the hillbillies moved to Michigan to work in the car factories, and then the war came along, and all the hillbillies came to California, <laughs> and I was I was born in Michigan, but I had my second birthday out here. And so you grew up out here in Southern California? I haven't done that yet, but I did age <laughs> out here, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it, as you grew up, did you know that you would end up in entertainment? Was that something that you looked Well, two things were in my mind as I was growing up. I wanted to be in the rodeo world, and I wanted to be a disc jockey. And I was able to accomplish those two things. I don't know why I wanted to be a disc jockey, but that's what I wanted to be. And and how did you come to do that exactly? After I got out of high school, I uh, went to radio school in Hollywood. And uh, at that time... My voice was kind of like that. But all of the guys coming out of the Korean War uh, were going to radio, and they had the big, deep voices, you see. And uh, from there, I got a job in Oxnard, California, at a 250-watt radio station. 200 watts went into the ocean. 50 watts went to the cemetery next door. (laughs) And uh, I, I worked there for two years, sort of learning the craft. Oh, my God, do I have stories. And then my next job, as fate would have it, was at the hot new rock and roll station in Los Angeles, KRLA. Uh, I, 
I was an okay disc jockey, but you know, you know, you're judged by the people you run with sometimes. And I was there with Casey Kasem out of Detroit and Dick Biondi from Chicago, Wink Martindale from Memphis, Tennessee, and me, the little twerp, Bob Eubanks from Oxnard. So that led me into the uh, young adult nightclub business, which led me into the concert business. And away we go. And away you went, and what a career you've had. Uh, I mean, most people know you from TV, from the newlywed game and, and things like that. But really, you've had an extensive hand in the music industry. I have. You know, and you talk about newlywed game. What happened was uh, a couple of guys by the name of Nicholson and Muir went out to lunch one day, and they wrote on a napkin, husbands predict wives and wives predict husbands. They gave that napkin to ABC, and ABC gave it to Chuck Barris, who had the dating game on the air at the time. And he developed the format but back then, they auditioned every disc jockey in town. Uh, today, it would be the weathermen or the actors. I mean, Letterman was a weatherman. Pat Sajak was a weatherman. But then it was disc jockeys. And God only knows why, but I ended up, and I'd never been on television, I ended up getting that job. Uh, and... Uh, it was uh, an amazing time for me. Chuck Barris came to me after the first show, and he says, Bobby, we got to talk. I said, what's the matter? He said, you've just done something I've never seen anybody do before. I said, what did I do, man? He said, you went a half hour without blinking. <laughs> That's how scared I was. But when he developed the format, he, uh, we had to show it to the big guys in New York. So they all flew out, and we're in this little studio, uh, no cameras. And, and I had four couples on stage. Couple number one was an unknown comedian named Dom DeLuise and his wife, Carol. But what sold the show, now remember, this is 1966, and television was pretty quiet at the time. There was a cute little blonde down at the end, and my question was, what's your favorite nickname for your husband? And she said, Num Nuts. Oh, no. And the ABC boys fell over backwards, went upstairs, and bought the show without a pilot. Oh. Now, that's that, trivia. That, and that's some synchronicity right there. How about dumb luck? <laughs> so you did that show, and, and now you're actually developing gaming. You know, yeah. shows, shows are in your system. Yeah, shows are in my system. I learned a great deal about people doing newlywed game. First of all, I, they wanted me to say make love, and I wouldn't do it. And that's how we came up with Whoopi. And the reason I wouldn't do it is because I was with my 10-year-old daughter one day, and the disc jockey on the radio said he gets horny when it rains. And she asked me what that meant, and it made me angry. So I said, no, I won't say make love. You should, you know, you tell your children what that is when you're ready, not some goofball on television. So we came up with the word Whoopi. But what I learned, when I first started the show, I would walk in and there were four couples sitting there ready to bear their soul for a toaster. And I say, okay, you guys, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna have some fun, I'll see you out there. I had nothing. But then I figured it out, that if I would sit with each couple before the show and ask them questions about their life, about their family, about their job, all of a sudden I had different people. And here's what I learned. People don't want to know about you. They want you to know about them. And when I see these comedians on television, not all of them now, but comedians on television as game show hosts, uh, 
they they try to outstar the format, and that's it doesn't work. It needs to be about them, technically. Yeah. It has to be about them. When I walk into an office for a meeting, I immediately look on the walls or on the desk and see what kind of pictures that person has. And before the meeting starts, I ask him questions about that. Is that your daughter? How long has she been riding that horse? Oh, what team does he play for? That kind of. So I immediately show interest in him, mm-hmm. and believe me, it works with the meeting. Wow. Well, I think those kind of life lessons are important because our world's going so quickly today. Everything's speeding by. And uh, how do you take that? I mean, how, how have you taken the change in technology over time? Well, I, I, think it, I think technology is wonderful to an extent, but I think we have to be very, very careful that it doesn't start to rule our lives. And I see people making stupid mistakes uh, and you're looking at a person that is computer illiterate. That's a good thing in some ways. <laughs> it keeps it simple. <laughs> well, I tell my little 15-year-old son, if I have a problem, I say, Noah, help me. Help me figure this out. And he, he is so good at it. He, so one day he said to me, Dad, I'd like, to, I'd like to have a turntable to play 33 records. I said, okay. So we go to Barnes & Noble. I buy him a turntable. We bring it home, unwrap it. He says, Dad, how does it work? I said, well, you take this arm and you set it on that record. Then what? I said, that's it. <laughs> it's so... It plays. Yeah. <laughs> it plays. That's, that's incredible. I mean, I mean, I grew up with uh, eight-track tapes and cassette yeah. tapes and, you know, one telephone in the house or two telephones oh, yeah. and, and an answer. I grew up issue. with party lines. Yeah, I, I actually, we had one of those, too. <laughs> We'd have to wait for the other uh, people to get off the line. It was up in the... But the I, <laughs> I, there are people I feel sorry for. I feel sorry for, for musicians now because a lot of their work is being played without them getting paid. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's got to come to a halt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we've got to regulate things properly. At the time that you were big into music, say with Merle Haggard and, and Dolly Parton and Barbara Mandrell and people like that, the radio was king, and the radio made superstars. And today we don't have that. Well, first of all, you, when I started, you didn't have an FM radio station in your car, and it was all AM. But uh, there will be no more radio pretty soon. The only reason that we'll have radio will be for talk shows and news. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there'll be any more music on radio someday. I think in a way that takes away from our culture because the culture was cohesive with radio, even though you had choices among stations. It lent to something that was going on in collectivity of people. You know, Mm -hmm. this group here, that group there. And now everybody has so many choices, it's individualized to the point where we're all looking at ourselves in the mirror instead of each other. When I started radio, we were a top 40 station. There was a top 40 station, a rhythm and blues station, a jazz station, a news station, and a classical music station. That's it. Now, my God... I go on to uh, Sirius XM, I can find five different formats of country music. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And it's being spread out. But, you know, I'm not criticizing it because, but I do think that radio will, will, will be in trouble someday. Who was an artist that you looked up to as a kid? What inspired you? As- oh, what inspired me? It certainly wasn't a music artist, I don't think. Uh, 
there were certain disc jockeys that I followed, uh, but I'm very religious. And my inspiration came from Sunday mornings. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. And what, what did you grow up? What faith did you grow up in? Non-denominal, non-denominational. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I don't know how you live without it, personally. That's my opinion. I'm with you. I don't know how you do, too. People say to me, for example, how do you do healing? I said, I don't do healing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I facilitate healing. <laughs> and you facilitated an amazing career spanning from disc jockeying to promoting concerts for the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, other people. And we'll hear more of that when we come back and moving all the way up into being a manager for music and then TV and so much more. So we have quite a bit to go over yet here. You are listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and we'll be right back with more with Mr. Bob Eubanks, and you can go to bobeubanks.com and check out more there. You can also find us on Facebook, and don't forget that Bob has an upcoming show in Thousand Oaks on August 12th. And so stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to makinglifebrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Writer Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and we are sharing today with Mr. Bob Eubanks, who has come all the way to Malibu to sit down and have a nice talk at the last minute. Thank you so much for coming. This is very exciting. My pleasure, really. <laughs> it's great to have you here today. And so you just developed with, with uh, another fella, and you're about to market a very special product. And this product is not limited to seniors, but it can be truly uh, utilized for seniors. Tell us about that. Well, uh, I have a, a, a partner by the name of Dan Metcalf, who is a very, very uh, popular soccer coach. He has 26 players that he's trained playing professional right now. And he was my son's soccer coach. And so he and I had a project we were trying to sell, and we went over to Netflix one day. And on the way back, he said, you're having mobility trouble, aren't you? I said, yeah, I'm having mobility trouble. And I said, I can't get up out of a chair without help. I can't put my pants on without holding on. I can't get in and out of a car. He said, well, why don't you come over to my house and uh, let's start working out. I said, okay. So I did. And during the next two months, he developed an apparatus that, Winifred, I can look you in the eye and tell you it changed my life in three weeks. And so we now have a patent on it. It's called the 60-Up Balance Board. And by working out on this balance board, I now can get up out of a chair. I can swing a golf club. I can stand on one leg. I can put my pants on. It changed me. And I'm telling you, uh, we have a patent on it now. And the 60-Up Balance Board will hit the market real strong in January. But I also have benign positional vertigo. And there are a lot of people out there that have vertigo. This helped me. has poles you can hang on to. You can still exercise. You can do all those things. And it won't keep you from falling, but it will show you what to do if you do fall. Uh, It's just amazing. That's incredible. And we so need that type of thing today. Now, you look great. You look fabulous for your age. And... Uh, it, no, really, that that you shouldn't that you shouldn't. But it's true because people, you are fit. You are fit, and and it would seem like mobility wouldn't be an issue for your body the way it looks right now. But what that speaks to is there are people out there 
that are losing their muscle mass and having issues because they're having mobility issues. And therefore, it's aging them. And I'm saying this product and what you're doing must be doing wonders because you look great. Well, it, it, it did wonders for me, and I know it can do wonders for a lot of people. So I'm very, very excited about it because at my age, it's fun to give back, to help. And that's what I think this will do. It, it's, uh, it's just amazing. That's all I can tell you. We're going to have classes. Uh, I'm gonna, you'll see me on every television show in the country with it. We've got to try to keep it where, where it's affordable. And we will. Uh, well, healthcare, rehab, and any kind of um, in-home assistance is very, very expensive. So anything that could help somebody be more independent and mobile and safer is necessary, especially upcoming with our aging population that there'll be more people than ever in that, in that age bracket. By the year 2025, there will be twice as many people over the age of 50 as there are today and they will control 80% of the spendable income. That's Look out for us old dudes. <laughs> well, there you have it. See, everyone, everyone could benefit from this, from what you've said, though, and what I've seen. It looks like anybody could actually use this um, apparatus machine and, and benefit. Well, I heard a story the other day about a 95-year-old man whose friends got him a hot date. And she said, I'm here to give you super romance. He said, I'll take the soup. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So when is this going to hit the market? When are we going to see this? We'll hit it real hard. We're going to be with the social media probably in October uh, because we want to hit that holiday time where maybe siblings would like to buy something for their parents that would help them out. But the big push will be uh, in January. When everyone's making their New Year's resolutions, right? After the ball drops? Yep, after the ball drops. (laughs) Perfect. And what's the name of it again? It's called the 60 Up Balance Board. And how will people be able to find it? Oh, boy, you'll see it everywhere, I promise. You won't be able to miss it. (laughs) That's what it is. So what's, what's it done specifically for you, and how long did you use it before you saw the result? Well, as I said before... In three weeks' time, I was able to get up out of a chair. I was able to put my pants on. And people say, oh, come on, three weeks? I swear to God, I'm telling you the truth. And how long did you use it for each day? I use it, I use it three times a week, and I work out an hour a day three times a week. That's not bad. That's great. No, it has bands so I can work my arms. You can do your squats. Uh, it works every part of your body. But you have to do it when you're balanced, and that's the big difference. And so it's basically helping your brain format to improve your balance at the same time. I hope something helps my <laughs> brain. I really do. <laughs> well, let's talk about your, your music. You, you promoted the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Merle Haggard. Tell us about some of these escapades with the music industry, because I'm sure you have some ripe stories oh, to I share. Do, yeah. Uh, I started off, you know, the Beatles, 1964, was the first concert I ever produced. and That's no little task. Yeah, and, and the reason I got it is because the only concert promoter in town in L.A. Uh, turned him down. He was used to buying Frank Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald for $10,000, uh, $10, and the Beatles wanted 25000 He said, no way, because he didn't know about them. I was a disc jockey, and when you're a disc jockey, you can feel it. 
So I borrowed $25,000 on my house and presented Beatles at the Hollywood Bowl 1964. That was the first concert I ever produced. And after that first concert, I swore I would never do a Beatle concert again. But I did. <laughs> Next year, we did two nights at the Hollywood Bowl, and then the third year, we did Dodger Stadium. So I produced them all three years that they toured. And, but after 64, the whole English migration started. Here come the Rolling Stones. I did the Stones in 65 and 66. First time I did the Rolling Stones, I paid them $4,500 at Long Beach Auditorium, and the second time was in 66, I paid him $20,000. But Jagger and I didn't get along too well. He, he was uh, different. Uh, but I did Bob Dylan. I did every major rock and roll act, and all of the English migration people did all of them. And then in 1969, the whole drug culture, San Francisco hippie stuff started to arrive, and I didn't want to partake in that, so I sold my company. And in 1972, came back into the music world, but I came back into country music where my first love was. I went to Merle Haggard, and I said, how much are you making a night? He told me. I said, I'll buy all of your dates. Wow. That's, that's Well, big. the reason being is that he knew he had, he had consistent promotion wherever he was going, so it was a benefit to him, you see. Haggard and I were together for 10 years, and we never had a crossword. He was uh, raised in a boxcar, escaped from 13 institutions by the time he was 18, spent two years and nine months in San Quentin, lived in every hobo jungle in the country, and in 1971, he became Entertainer of the Year, and I took him to the White House in 1973. Wow, what a thrilling beginning to your career, I tell you, my goodness. <laughs> well, during that time, then Dolly Parton was working for a guy named Porter Wagner, and uh, I went to Porter Wagner. I wanted to get a hold of Dolly some way, so I, I went to Porter Wagner's agent, Tandy Rice, southern guy down in Nashville. And I said, Tandy, you want to buy some Porter dates? Well, Bob, I'll tell you, Porter is very busy. He said, how many would you like? I said, 100. I think we can work that out. <laughs> That's funny how amenable people become. <laughs> yes, so the second date out... The only time I could talk to Dolly was when Porter was on stage. Second date out, while Porter's on stage, Dolly walks in. She says, I'm leaving Porter, and I want you to manage me. I went, oh, no. <laughs> I just invested 350000 Anyway, so I ended up managing Dolly for two years and Barbara Mandrell for a short period of time. I didn't like management, though. Uh, what, what did you find rewarding in the promotion versus the management? Well, what I found rewarding, if you're an artist, you paint. If you're a musician, you sing or play. What I found rewarding was the idea of coming up with the concert, renting the building, doing the advertising, putting on the show, and at the end, I made money. That was like, to me, developing a piece of art. And that's what I found creative about concert promotion. That's neat. So you loved what you did, and... and Everybody needs the pieces to the puzzle for a great show to come off. It's not, not an easy task, right? No, it's not. And you make some stupid mistakes. What's one that you made? Oh, I, I had uh, uh, Chris Christopherson and his wife in Phoenix. And uh, we sold it out and I lost money. <laughs> <laughs> and you shouldn't have. I didn't <laughs> watch the dollar like I should. <laughs> 
but you probably never made that mistake again. No, but I, 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 the mistakes I've made in my life is I didn't handle my money properly. Uh, when you're young, you think nothing will end. And I got to tell you, I made a serious mistake by not. And then I would get impatient. If I had an idea and I tried to sell it to someone and they didn't want, I'd put up my own money. And so I, I made some mistakes that way. Yeah, you were, you were sure of your ideas, but I think most of your ideas came out pretty well. I mean, my goodness, the stories that you have of the Beatles and the Rolling Stones are phenomenal. Share with us one of your more uh, elaborate stories of the Rolling Stones, but we'll do that right after we come back from break, okay? So you can find us at Making Life Brighter on Facebook and follow along. And don't miss Bob's show on August 12th at the Thousand Oaks, is it Civics, Civic Center Plaza? Civic Plaza. Civic Plaza, that's where it is. And you can go to BobEubanks.com, and you can also buy tickets in Ticketmaster. And so you can't miss that because all the special stories you've never heard are going to be there that evening live here in Thousand Oaks, California. And so we'll be right back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to makinglifebrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. We have special guest Bob Eubanks today. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. And if you have questions or comments, you can email me directly at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And we've been talking with Bob about his amazing career. And he has managed some of the greatest artists in our time. And he's also promoted some of the greatest artists in world history of music. And yet he is so multifaceted. He has so many things up his sleeve that he's done. <laughs> he's been on TV. <laughs> he's an author, and he is uh, uh, his own developer of games, right? You are yeah. creating your own games. Yeah, and I'm about to write another book. I'm going to write a book called Short Stories About Big People. I love it. I love it. And you have lots of good stories about people. hundreds of stories, and so I'm about to do that. I understand that, and I don't know because I'm computer illiterate. I understand that audiobooks are very popular right now. Oh, and you have the perfect voice for an audiobook. Everyone would love to hear your stories in your voice. Well, I'm going to do one, so <laughs> hang on, kid. <laughs> well, you have another book out, and uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was the most difficult thing to do because when you write a book uh, about your life, you have to you realize the mistakes you've made. And both personally and business-wise. So it becomes cathartic. Yes. And it was a very difficult thing to do. Uh, uh, you know, it's called, it's in the book, Bob. <laughs> I love that. I do. What's so funny? <laughs> it's great. It's the perfect title. Yeah. You know where that came from, don't you? <laughs> no, tell me. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a story that supposedly I said on the newlywed game. Where's the strangest, most unusual place you've ever made whoopee? Can I tell this? Yes. And uh, supposedly the girl said, well, that would be in the butt, Bob. Oh. And I said, no, 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 no. I mean a location. Well, Winifred, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It'll be on my tombstone. What happened was worse. And so when they did the Chuck Barris uh, movie Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. They called her up, little lady in Pennsylvania named Olga, and they said, "Olga, we're going to put that clip in the movie." She <laughs> says, "No, no, no, please don't. I'm a grandmother." They said, "Well, it's worth five thousand dollars. You go right ahead and put it in the movie." <laughs> but it was worse than in the butt bop. <laughs> oh you can use your imagination. Yes. Oh no! <laughs> well, there you go. There's the title of Bob's book. It's in the book. Bob. Yep. Turn the book, Bob. 
you have to have a good sense of humor in, in all this, especially on TV with people, right? I mean, everything's kind of on the fly. You don't know what's going to come out of them. No, you don't. Uh, but, you know, I was able to control. You know, if anybody got out of line, I'd go right down their throat. So, You, you had a very calm demeanor in, in the way you conducted yourself on TV, though. I mean, it was very smooth. It was very... Well, here again, I tried to stay out of the way of the format. You know, I've, did a, I've done 11 different game shows. And uh, I did one in England. You called, did? What was it called? Well, it's called Infatuation. Uh, have you ever had a crush on somebody and you were afraid to tell them? So we'd bring that person on and we'd bring the person they had a crush on. Oh, oh no, that must have been great. Oh, well, one time... One time there was this young man who was an extra in a movie, and there was an elderly lady who was an extra in the same movie. And the young man took her out in the car and attacked her. Oh, no. But she loved it. <laughs> oh, no. So this guy didn't think he would ever see her again. So anyway, she comes to us, and she says, I'm an, I, I am so in love with this guy. He was so wonderful, you know. And the guy was in his 20s, and she was in her 70s, the kind of a deal. So we found him, and we said, we want you to come on the show. There's someone that has a deep crush on you. Oh, no. <laughs> so he, you know, testosterone flowing. So we had him hidden away. She's on the show, and she said, oh, I met him doing a movie, and oh, he took me out in the car and made love to me. It was so wonderful. And even though I'm an old lady, he loved it, and... I said, well, let's get him out here. Guy walks out. I thought he was going to pass out. On <laughs> TV. So he sued us. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. So we settled with him that we didn't air the show in Los Angeles. But I thought the guy was going to die. <laughs> yeah, my goodness. Well, maybe that was a little karmic payback for uh, taking advantage of her. You think? <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us a great Rolling Stones story. You've got some in there. Uh, I know you do. Not too many Rolling Stones. When, when Jagger was um, when Jagger was on stage, uh, this is '65 in Long Beach. The thing then at that time, the, the girls were throwing jelly beans and everything. So he goes out and he's singing, and about the third song out, a girl throws her boot on stage, almost hit him. Now he knows she's got another one. And for the whole concert, man, he's looking at her like, holy God, where is the other boot? Finally, the last song, boom, boom, it hit. <laughs> it's got to be distracting. Poor guy. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you know. It, Was it easier to work with the Beatles or easier to work with the Rolling Stones? Oh, Beatles. It's very interesting. If you take an audience to a Beatle concert, they will yell and scream, and but they'll stay in their seats. You go to a Rolling Stone concert, and the kids all came down trying to get on the stage and like total mayhem I told I told the Stones in 66 I said look guys you know when you say good night get the heck out I've got a limo waiting for you or, or and you get in that car and we'll get you out of here but no Jagger he kind of lollygagged out on stage you know touching hands and doing all of that well by the time they got in the limousine there were 500 girls on top of it and I'll never forget, I saw this 
tire run over this little girl's foot. Oh, no. That's not good. And she didn't say anything. She just kept on yelling and screaming. It was... But the last time I saw the Rolling Stones, they were laying on their back with their feet against the roof of the car so it wouldn't cave in as they took off. You know, With all the girls on top, right? Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. That's, has that really ever happened since? I don't think so, has it? I mean, I don't, we don't see, I don't remember seeing well, that. And, no. I mean, yeah, that was... It doesn't happen anymore. And here again, uh, everybody want to get to the Beatles, but they were, they were more... Uh, civilized, trying to do it. You know, that's all I can tell you. Of the four, who did you get on with the best? Paul McCartney. Why? Uh, he was very, he was very upfront. He was very nice. He uh, Lennon was difficult. George was fine. Ringo just kind of sat there. Mm-hmm. But John, every time I would ask Brian Epstein, uh, their manager. A question, he would say, I have to ask John. I have to ask John. And it was obvious to me that uh, John was the boss at the time. Mm-hmm. So, did you, Do you still ever hear from Paul? And do you ever talk to them? I, do you I run to, into them? I went to McCartney and uh, because they were going to do a, a 50th anniversary at the Hollywood Bowl. And I went to McCartney and I said, would you be interested in attending? And, and bless his heart, he sent me... A uh, an email, and I'll read the email to you because I was I was so impressed with it, uh, and but he's the only one that would have done that. I can promise you that, uh, and he was the one that that was so pleasant all the time, uh, and I never had any problems. But uh, I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it seems to me that. John was this creative force, and and Paul was also obviously a creative force. Both very musical, but the the duo of how they worked together and the the crafting of those songs was the magic. And yet, each personality seemed to be so different. Yeah, they were different. And you know, at first, the Beatles were a cover band. At first, mm-hmm. uh, when you listen to their early concerts, you know they they opened up with. Uh, uh, well, they ended with Long Tall Sally every year. Why is that? Long Tall Sally. And, uh, but they, op- op- they sang a lot of cover songs. Mm-hmm. But then McCartney and, and John started writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, they, they, then they wrote some wonderful songs. I, I'll tell you a neat story. I think it's a neat story. Anyway, uh, when Paul wrote Yesterday, he, he wrote the melody first. And he called it Scrambled Eggs. And so he would sing Scrambled Eggs, Scrambled Eggs. And finally, he put Yesterday to it. And it turned out to be the most recorded song the Beatles ever did by other other artists. That's incredible. All the backstories to songs and, and band names and, and everything else. The, the other week I had Andy Kahn on here, and he was a member of the band The, the, the Turtles. Yeah. And... He had some of these stories as well, and he was also talking about how things come about in the in the funniest of ways. Like you're out on the road and you're in a scenario, and then all of a sudden that becomes the title of the song. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, I'm sure you had some debauchery in the things that you got to see too. <laughs> I, I did, and, and McCartney sent me a note saying that I'm sorry I can't be there, uh, but I'm going to be out of out of town with the family. 
and that uh, he gave me a note to pass along to the audience. He was just really nice about it. Very gracious in, yeah. in his inclusion. Being computer illiterate as I am, I can't find this stupid thing. <laughs> we'll, we'll find it in the next segment. Right. <laughs> so in, in the chaos and the frenzy of that time frame in 1964 and moving forward, what did it feel like to you? Ex- explain and describe the atmosphere at that time. Well, the Beatles changed the world. Mm-hmm. Certainly musically. And uh, prior to that, it was the Beach Boys and the Motowns and Elvis. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, here comes this sound from England. And it changed. It changed a lot of things, I think. Uh, it, it, it was just pandemonium. When, when they, at the press conference, I, somebody asked Paul, who do you want to meet? He said, Jane Mansfield. Oh, really? <laughs> So Mansfield heard about it and went over to the house, but he was out with Peggy Lipton that night, so he didn't get to go out with Mansfield. Uh, <laughs> A lost opportunity. And then the second year, they were tired, mm-hmm. but they met. They had a meeting with Elvis at his house, and they were in awe, even though they had ruined his career. They just sat there and looked at him. And Elvis finally said, if you guys aren't going to talk to me, I'm going to get up and go to bed. So they whipped out the guitars and they started singing and everything. And they invited Elvis over to the concert, but he said no. Incredible. On that note, we'll be right back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and we are here with Bob Eubanks. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. 
Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams. And today we have special guest, Mr. Bob Eubanks. And you know Bob. You know Bob from his books. You know Bob from TV and the Newlywed Game. You know Bob because he actually promoted the Beatles' Hollywood Bowl 1964 concert for all those that attended and all of those that wish they had attended. And also, Bob has gone on to have a career in music and TV and gaming. And so tell us about your game that you created. Tell us a little bit about oh, it. Oh, I got into the game show business. Uh, in 1982, I got off an airplane in Austin, Texas, on my way to meet Merle Haggard. And I realized that I hadn't been there for my children, my older children. I didn't see them play games. I would leave town on Thursday, come back on Monday. And I was running from a bad marriage, and it, it, it's just ugly. So I walked in. I said, Merle, this is it. I quit. He said, I don't blame you. He said, I wish the heck I could, but he owed the government so much money he couldn't. <coughs> so a fellow by the name of Michael Hill and I, we got into the game show business. And we produced game shows uh, for all three of the networks. And it was fun. It, it was a good time. It wasn't my first love. But thank God, Michael was so talented that, uh, but that was good. What, what do you love doing the most out of everything you've done? Boy, that's a tough question, kid. I, I think, you know, I have a live game show on the road right now. We play casinos. I think still appearing on stage is the most fun for me. It seems really natural for you, speaking yeah, to people. Yeah, if I can make people laugh, you know, then that, that's fun for me. Well, you have a professional speaking career as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was on my horse about eight years ago, and I was riding, and I went, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And I had so many stories that I decided to maybe just start speaking. And that was fun, but I had to deal with speakers' bureaus, and they take 25%, and you know, so that became not as much fun. But the Beatles show is fun for me. I still enjoy performing. Connecting with an audience, essentially. I want to read to you what Paul McCartney sent. Oh, I, please. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I got a hold of Paul. Well, I, Lee Eastman, his uh, former father-in-law. And, and Paul sent me this. He said, how nice to receive your letter, which contains so much information from both of our past. It was interesting to hear details of the story that I didn't know about. And very pleasant to recall those heady days of our early trips to Los Angeles. 
Your offer for me to take part in the celebration that you're planning at the Hollywood Bowl is very kind, but at that time I will be on a family holiday with my kids. I can put you in touch with Jeff Jones, who handles our Beatle affairs and all of that, but then he said, lovely to, he said, would please pass this along. Lovely to hear from you. Have a great time at your soiree. And if you would, please read this out. Hey, Beatle fans, I hope you will have a completely fab evening celebrating our first visit to Los Angeles. It was a fantastic time for us, and I still have many wonderful memories of the things that we got up to. It was great to play the Hollywood Bowl, even though our music was completely drowned out by the screams of our lovely fans. Many thanks to Bob Eubanks for organizing this special event, and we have many fond memories in common. We all look back on that phenomenal period. Have a great evening, sing a lot, laugh a lot, and love a lot. Big kisses, Paul. I have chills. That is so incredible. Wow, what a beautiful message. Isn't that fortunate? Wow. Yeah, it was, it was you know, McCartney was really straightforward. and Sincere. Yeah, he was. He was, he was wonderful. Oh, that's really nice. That's really, I really have chills when you read that. That's incredible. See, that's the kind of energy that passes through and, and changes yeah. lives. And and the neat thing is it's it stood the test of time. And you've been in it and witnessed it. Now you, you've also participated, for example, with Dolly Parton. And Dolly has stood the test of time with her music. Uh, I'll tell you a great show business story. Okay. I was getting my hair cut at Camarillo, California. My barber said, have you heard the Love album? I said, nope. He said, well, your voice is in it. Lady sitting there said, have you seen the show in Vegas? I said, nope. She said, well, your voice is in it. So I went to Starbucks, and I bought a copy of the Love Album. And sure enough, at the end of one of the cuts, you heard my voice go, here they are, the Beatles. Five words. And I made more money in those five words than I made on all four Beatle concerts. <laughs> That's the beauty of technology. <laughs> uh, there's no business like show business. <laughs> That's fantastic. In the different facets of show business that you've been in, what's your kind of pinnacle moment? So something you remember that you say, now that was it. I think getting a star on the Walk of Fame in Hollywood. <laughs> Congratulations. That's so wonderful. I think that that was, you know, I've been fortunate enough. I've got nine Emmys. But the idea that, you know, of course, my son said, well, when you die, all your grandkids can go down and pee on you now. See? <laughs> <laughs> Only coming from a, you. <laughs> that was a big deal for me. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's kind of like someone winning their Grammy or their Oscar or yeah. or yeah. something like that. And. Of show business, what's your least favorite thing within the industry? Producing movies. Why is that? Because it took so long. You had so many people to deal with. You had so many egos to deal with. Uh, And I could have done three seasons of television shows by the time we got one movie done, and I just didn't like it. What excites you today? What, What are you passionate about now? Uh, the 60 Up program, really, I'm passionate about, and also the Beatles show I'm passionate about. You know, I'm really, it's fun to do, that's all. And what's so fun about it is that nobody else can do it. That's right. It's exclusively your own yeah. stories. Yeah, it's one of a kind <laughs> show. Ha ha. Oh, that's fantastic. So, you know, it would be great if you could just get Paul to come to one of your shows. Well, you know, the Beatles would only let me charge three, four, five, six, and seven dollars for concerts. That's all. 
All three years, Dodger Stadium, Hollywood Bowl, $7 top price. McCartney last year played Dodger Stadium for $250 a seat. <laughs> inflation. Now, there's something wrong. <laughs> Just inflation. Yeah. <laughs> so, of your family life, you've had to balance family and career with, with you know, Hollywood, essentially. What's that been like? Well, I have three older children. My uh, oldest son is 59. He's a retired L.A. County fireman. And he... Uh, he travels with me, does all of my audio-visual. He and I are partners on the live game show. And my daughter, Teresa, used to be a, a script supervisor in the movies, but uh, she now lives in Orange County and, and runs a restaurant down there. Uh, and my son, Corey, interesting young man, he, uh, he is so dyslexic that I wasn't sure he could read his high school diploma. Wow. But... He is the number one stunt driver in the motion picture industry. He does Transformers, Too Fast, Too Furious. He started on Dukes of Hazard. He is the best stunt driver in the industry, and everybody will tell you that. He's made a fortune. Ah, that's wonderful. See, you're taking adversity and turning it into, in this case, um, joy and profit. There's room in this life for everybody. Mm-hmm. My three older children did not go to college. My younger one is going, but still they found a way in life, and uh, it uh, it is just wonderful. <laughs> well, this has been a real treat to have you here today, and again, if you'd like to go out and check out Bob's show, and it is on August 12th, and you can go to Ticketmaster and get your tickets there. It's in Thousand Oaks, and California, that is. And I ask everybody one question with each one of these interviews. What makes your life brighter? My wife and son. Uh, my, my beautiful wife and my beautiful son. It, God gave me oh, two wonderful gifts, and I enjoy it every day. Well, I love your faith. I love your stories. I love your presence, and we all love your voice. So we're looking forward to that audiobook that's upcoming, <laughs> and uh, actually to the product, too. So stay tuned. We'll have to have Bob back, and we will go over exactly what it is he's producing and all the great things that are going to come out of it. Thank you so much for being here. And may I say something? You're a real gift. Uh, you are. You're a real gift, and I'm sure your listeners feel that way, too, because you bring something to the airwaves that nobody else does. And I congratulate you for that. Thank you very much. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. And there you have it, Bob Eubanks. Go to bobeubanks.com. Thank you for listening. Go jolly, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 10 a.m. For information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. Go Jolly! This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.